This is an ABC podcast. Roots and Shoots with Sabrina Hahn and Christine Layton. On ABC Radio Perth and WA. Oh, good morning to you all. Good morning, Sabrina. How are you? Deans, you're... Oh, it's so good to be back. I cannot tell you. I was chomping at the bit. I must have booked in 14,000 guests for my Saturday (laughs) breakfast show in Perth this morning. It was such a packed show because I was so pent up. All that unspent radio energy. Yeah, 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 laying around, you know, for weeks. (laughs) Oh, it was really. (laughs) I wish it was that luxurious. I I have to do a shout out for my husband who worked very hard over the four weeks uh, while while I was post surgery recovering. Yeah. Our daughter started to walk. Almost. Oh, no. It was just a few days. As soon days. as she came out. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh. A few days before I went into surgery, he had his job cut out for him. So oh, my God. He was very happy to go back to work. Oh, <laughs> I know. It's well. really interesting with babies because as soon as they stay, start walking, you realise that for the next... <laughs> Five years is going to be hell. Yeah, don't tell me that. Yeah, yeah. Look, I've um, I've discovered things about my household that I didn't know before. Uh-huh. Yeah, they and they they're very good at finding stuff as well. Oh yeah, I know. Mm, I lost a pack little... of rosemary from trying to make a chicken. <laughs> found it, ate it. She said she smelled delightful. She would have. Yeah. How was your How was your break? Oh, awesome. Uh, had a wedding. Uh, went to Bali for a holiday. Played in my own garden scenes. Oh. I like had days in my own garden. Days. It was remarkable. What did you do to it? I did a lot of weeding because mm-hmm. that was fairly urgent. Um, I did a lot of potting up. I did some grafting. I did lots of cuttings to give away to friends. Oh. I did fertilising, mowed the lawns, did the edges. I was going to do. I was going to put in a big pond, but I. I kind of ran out of energy there. <laughs> Fair enough. It's a long list. I'll leave that till later <laughs> on. But basically, I I relaxed. I have a lot of problem relaxing. Went through three novels. Uh, you know what, though? Hmm. By the end of the second week of holidays, I was thinking, yeah, I'm getting a little bit getting bored. A bit itchy. Really. Yeah. yeah, need to go back. It gets need like a bit that. of stress, and you know. Forced stimulation. Yeah. yeah, it's true. It's true. We do. For those of us who have jobs, most of us most of us love them. Give us yeah. a call, 1300 720. Now, uh, we are going to introduce a new segment to Roots and Shoots this year. Yes. Mm, it's called Going Floral uh, because if there's one thing I've noticed over the last year learning about gardening through mm. doing this show is that there is always something that is going viral or going floral. Um, and yep. Christmas time it was hydrangeas. Yeah. And my feed was just filled with them and they were beautiful. And one photographer over east took a photo from inside the hydrangea looking out into the sun. Oh, wow. I know. That's pretty cool. It was beautiful. I wish I was that creative. I've never thought of doing that. Go and do it. Why not give it a crack? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So if you've got something that's going floral in your garden. We want to know. Let us know. But So I've been, speaking of feeds, I've been getting lots and lots of um, text messages with photos, people saying, what is this tree? It is amazing. So... Um, the one with the big red flower. Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about that. dome tree. Yeah. We'll reveal all soon. You must keep listening. Yes. Yeah, so aren't we horrible? We're horrible people. 1300 222 720. Uh, let's go to Kate, who is in Pinjaro. Good morning, Kate. 
Good morning, ladies. How are you? Good. Very well, Kate. You're going to talk about Wonderful. one of the things that we're going to mention in Going Floral, actually, because they're, um, they're ripe at the moment. What have you got going on? Okay, well, I've got two things. I've got a fig tree that yeah. has all of a sudden developed these weird pinky bumps all over it. Oh, and I'm wondering yes. what they are. Is okay. it a fungus? No, or... no. It's an insect and uh, it's pink pearl scale and they make these beautiful little almost like little limpet hoods over the top. So... Um, and they, it's quite an attractive colour. I've always thought if you get really large scale, they probably make nice earrings or something <laughs> that you could... <laughs> um, I've actually brought a fig into the studios this morning, Kate. Um, we, we picked it off a tree in East Perth. I'm not sure if we should have, but it looked ripe. Um, yep. And it had the scale on it. Yes. Are they tiny? Are they okay. kind of like the size of, I don't know, twice the size of a ballpoint pen, pen. tip, Kate? Yeah, yeah. sort of like a, a sewing needle... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's scale and lots and lots and lots of figs get it. Um, Is it going to upset my fruit at all? Well, you just scrape it off. Or if you do, you eat the skin of your. Of your figs? Uh, sometimes, but I use them to make jam mostly. Oh, well, so. you cook up the scale. You won't even know yeah. they're there. They just add that little crunchy bit. Um, okay. You want you want to try and get rid of scale, though, because when you've got scale, you're going to have ants, and the ants move the scale around, and they milk the honeydew from it. Yeah, um, we've got so many ants. Yeah, okay. exactly. So um, is the tree a big tree? Um, oh, I think it's about, like, two square metres-ish. It's okay. quite small yep. still. And the right. scale looks fairly isolated at the moment. Okay, so what you need to do is you need to get some soapy water uh, and a toothbrush and just yep. toothbrush them off. Okay. Because you can't... There's a oil you can use, but once temp- temperatures are above 34 degrees, you just sizzle all your, your foliage, which is not so good. You'll be cooking your figs. See, I picked mine off and I was just going to eat through yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I eat everything. I actually (laughs) ate uh, fruit fly maggots the other day in a fig. Now you're just showing off. Now you're just showing off. I didn't mean to. (laughs) What do they taste like? Uh, I don't know because the taste of the figs are so beautiful. I don't care that I eat grubs in with them. It's all good. good figs. Um, Thanks for the call, Kate. 1300 222720. Let's go to Anne, who's in Netherlands. Good morning, Anne. Good morning. Hello. What can we do for you, Anne? Thank you. Um, We have a a northern wall uh, and the garden bed is about 800 millimetres wide and there's a path next to it that's about a metre. Yeah. Now, we had had to remove about four uh, native frangipanis because they've got terrible scale and uh, they had to be dug out. I want to put crepe myrtles down there and I want to make sure they're not going to be too invasive in the roots no. If they will be happy there, and I can put, you know, four of them. Yeah, put four of them. Yeah, white ones, or does it matter? Uh, it doesn't really matter. Now, but what you've got to do, Anne, is it depends how big you want them because there's so many different crepe myrtles out there now. So you have to look at the height and the width. We want we want height more than width. We than do width. Want height. Yeah. yeah, okay. So you've got about oh, probably eight different 
crepe myrtles of different colours to choose yeah. from if you want yeah. them. So my idea is to do your research on the crepe myrtles first. So yeah. you know how crepe myrtles get that beautiful sort of leopard skin bark? You know, they yes. get that mottled yeah. I've bark. Had, I've had a pink one. We're looking for white, really. Okay, so different. that's Biloxi, the white one. That's beautiful. Biloxi. That gets a nice trunk on it. That would suit you well. Lovely. Hmm. All right, thank you very much. Okay, Thanks, my pleasure. Anne. 1300 222 720 or 0437922720. We had an early text from Brett in Geraldton. Listens every Saturday. He said, my tomatoes um, I picked today... And they look like this on the bottom. It seems to be oh, one blossom plant. end rot. Yeah. Oh. So uh, see, it has like a dark bottom. It has yes. a dark bottom, um, and then it sort of goes squishy and looks like it's rotting. It looks Hence. like grayscale from Game of Thrones. It's that kind of horrible. Ah, I've not, not seen Game no, of Thrones. I can't remember but the character who. Oh, had right. it. it's not important. Um, anyway, so blossom end rot is caused through a lack of calcium. Now you can buy you can buy liquid calcium basically um, and if your if your water regime isn't consistent then the calcium can't be carried up to the to the rest of the fruit so calcium has a very important role in delivering other nutrients as well that sort of all works together so I would get trace elements and spray all over your tomatoes um, and that should solve the problem. All right, there you go, Brett. And from Lauren, I planted this dwarf mulberry about three months ago, and I think it's struggling. I put in mushroom compost, pet, pelletized fertilizer, and it sits on top of a septic tank. And you can see the the edges of the leaves are yellow and brown. Yeah. Now the unfortunate thing uh, about that is, I reckon it's got bacterial canker. Oh. You're going to have to treat it with a fungicide. You need to spray the entire tree. Uh, you'll need to do that very soon. Get onto it straight away because in mature trees where it's really badly affected, it ends up killing the mulberry. Oh. It's interesting that these dwarf mulberries, because they only came out about um, 10 years ago, I think, mm. and the ones that I have seen, I don't know if the rootstock is affecting the growth of the plant, but they either go to a fully-sized mulberry tree oh. or they're quite weak. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Look at me! So uh, the mulberry tree that I've seen down the road here is a good, you know, six, yes. seven metres. Yeah. What's a dwarf meant to be? Uh, no more than six metres because oh, most, okay. most mulberries, well, they say between four and six, but a couple of the dwarf mulberries actually... Uh, Mm. Jillo's got one. Yeah, yeah. Well, she did have until it got to about six metres and then she decided to take it out. <laughs> um, sometimes the stuff that's grafted onto rootstock, the rootstock may not be very strong. So I don't know what... Uh, I'd, anyway, spray it with a fungicide. Make sure that you get uh, some compost on there, a bit of fertiliser, uh, and water it in really well, but keep an eye on it. Get a fungicide on it as soon as you can. All right, it's 16 minutes past nine. Roots and Shoots with Sabrina Hahn and Christine Layton. On ABC Radio Perth and WA. 
720 Let's go to Doug in Auburn Grove. Hi, Doug. Hello. Can you hear me okay? We yes, can. Doug, we can. Oh, well, I wish I had a fantastic memory like that lovely lady you giving us all advice. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> this might be a challenge, but I doubt it very much. I have a Stephanotus, yeah. which is on the south part of the building, but it's climbing up a wall on the facing east. Now, everything was going perfectly okay, but now I've got some problem related to the leaves going very yellow in places, and the lovely green, lush green leaves are going sort of really untidy, and the latter part of the flowering uh, occasion, they unfortunately are not producing the flowers. Oh, okay. So what, has there been any change? Like, have you put anything on it or...? No. Okay. So I'd say that it's, it's... How old is it now? Uh, four years. Four years. Okay. So maybe it's hit a pocket of something in the soil. So what you need to do is dig around it. Mm. So take some of the soil out. Mm. In a wheelbarrow, mix uh, one bag of potting mix and two cups of clay, mm-hmm. a cup of granular wetting agent mm-hmm. and some fertiliser. Mm-hmm. Mix all that up like a cake mix and then fill the hole up and make sure it's uh, all across the top of the root run. Water that in really well and that should make an enormous difference. And put a candle on top, yep. light it on go. fire on a non-total fire band day, <laughs> blow it out and have a good day. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Right. Can you just quickly go through those recommendations again, please? Okay, bag of compost, two cups of clay, one cup of wetting agent and a handful of fertiliser. You got it, Doug? Yeah, got it. Cool. Uh, very Brilliant. Good. Okay. Very good. Thank you. 1300 Steve is in Armadale and has a question about dragon fruit. Hi, Steve. How you going, girls? Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Hey, I've got a dragon fruit. It's about eight foot tall, three years old, and I've got my first four flowers. Ooh. Um. Do I have to do anything, cross-pollinate them or anything? Well, the thing about dragon fruit, Steve, is that it needs a partner from a different clone, different strain for cross-pollination. So there's no point in you pollinating the flower to flower on the one plant. It actually needs to cross with another plant. Do you have a friend with a dragon fruit, Steve? No, I don't even know oh, no. anyone who's got one. Oh. Um, look, you know where you find dragon fruit for sale is at markets and things, Steve? Yep. Because it's so easy to cut a piece of cactus off and shove it in a pot. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing is if you, go to, um, if you go to nurseries that sell fruit trees, you'll quite often find them. Yep. Um, or even if you go on a Facebook page, people are always offering cuttings of dragon fruit. That's um, true. So That's true. if this is a pink one, which yes. I think it is, yeah. what sort would I be going for? Uh, well, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter whatever sort it is as long as it's not your your plant. 
Oh, yeah, yep. So anyone else's plant will do. It can't be that plant that you've got at the moment. Is this where you get the paintbrush? And you do, uh, yeah, you yep. can, but bees love the pollen in dragon fruit. Oh, so, so they'll do it themselves. Yeah, yeah and yeah, because the flowers are quite large, mm-hmm. um, there's usually never a problem with cross-pollination. Okay. But you'll have to go, go to the markets, yep. Steve. Someone will have a pot with... Dragon fruit cuttings. I'm sure there's someone yelling at their radio right now yeah, saying, Come, come at one. me, Steve. Come I've at got me. One. It'd be quite funny if you saw someone just sneaking around with a paintbrush at the markets, <laughs> just like yeah, touching your flowers. Yeah, I'm going to get, well, that's when, you know, f- um, plant hunters do that. They, because mm. when you've got a rare plant, People don't want to share them, so they oh. so they have them sort of in a box, you know, and then you'll get people that go in to steal the pollen. Whoa. Like they'll even pull off anthers and stigma from flowers and, so they can cross-pollinate their own. <laughs> it's hilarious. Wow. I suppose it makes sense. I mean, if yeah. you're that passionate about your, your plant, you'd do anything yep. to help it procreate. I call it obsession, but, you know. <laughs> Don't, you, so you're telling me you've never done this? You've never stooped that low, Serena? <laughs> oh, I have. But I've always asked permission. Not to stoop. And, and I always share yeah. anyway. Yeah, I'm sure most people. I'm sure our listeners would share. That's, that's They would. Yeah. Um, 0437922720. So many texts. Um, this one from Jenny. Uh, this is a pink flowering native hibiscus two years in the garden. Does not look healthy with markings on all the branches and some dying off. Is there anything I can do to rectify the problem? Oh, Lord's a messy. Um, uh, uh, it's got for people that cannot see these pictures. So this hibiscus looks like it's about to go to God. Mm. Um, it's got uh, it's got a fungal disease which is going all up the stem because it's got those lesions of dots all up. And in my experience with that kind of hibiscus, they're the ones that have the flowers as big as... Um, like a saucer. Yeah. Uh, once they get that fungal disease, it goes into the root system and it's oh, gone. Okay. So right. that'll be dead by the end of summer. You might as well pull it out now, there you unfortunately. Go. All right. Let's go to Albert, who is in Bustleton. How's Bustleton this morning, Albert? Oh, beautiful as always. Mm. I, bet. I bet. I love Bustleton. Yeah, Such a top spot. Yeah, it's very hard to beat the weather down here. Yeah, absolutely. So what's happening in your garden, Albert? Uh, everything's good, you know. They've got lots of production. Uh, uh, with the pumpkins, normally I've been harvesting the pumpkins over the years when when the stems sort of dry off. Yeah. Is, is there another better way of knowing mm, no. whether pumpkins are going to be ripe or is that the best way? That is actually the best way, Albert, because once the, that starts going corky, and the stem dry, you know, dries back, then uh, that's an indication that it's reached maturity. The problem with harvesting your pumpkins too early is it, it the flesh goes quite corky. Um, so it, it really is, that's the best way of looking at that little umbilical cord that holds on the, the pumpkin. All right. Thanks, Albert. Not the best line there. So we'll move on to Judy, who is in Subi. Good morning, Judy. Oh, good morning. Um, Sabrina, I'm just wondering if you can help me with my box hedging. Um, I've had really lovely, lush-type box hedging, but it's suddenly this summer or starting to um, sort of get dead branches from the inside and the bottom now of the hedging is all bare and, and open. And I'm just wondering if there's anything I can do. 
I would definitely treat it with a fungicide, Judy. Oh, okay. I can't see anything, but I'm no, probably, you yes. won't be able to see anything. No, so you, okay. so um, it's not ideal to prune the hedge at this time of the year because it could get sunburnt. But yes. I, I would still prune it, even if you yes. have to throw shade cloth over it. So oh. prune it. Get yes. a fungicide that you drench. So mix it in with a watering can and drench the yes. soil. Yes. Um, don't give it any fertilizer or anything for the next probably five weeks. Right. Get some nice, good quality compost. Yes. Um, and spread that all around the base and a wetting agent. All right. Okay. And I just, that's all I do for the next five weeks. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. then you can start giving it a liquid foliar fertilizer so yes. that the new emerging leaves have got something to make them strong. All right. Thank you, Judy. 1300 720. Going floral. All right, let's talk about what is going floral at the moment. That's very, that's a very cool little tune there, Steve. Like, it's nice and mellow. It's I like lovely. Because it. so many of these little promos, they're very chirpy. So yeah, I thought we'd go yeah. with something. A bit and you deep. don't, you don't, you you like deep. more the depressing kind of music anyway, don't you, Steve? Exactly right. <laughs> Love it. Can't get enough. Dead serious. Dead serious. But that one's quite lovely. That's like you know, you're just sitting in a room and. <laughs> Dean Martin's <laughs> there having yeah, his first whiskey. You yeah. Dean Martin? Yeah. Kind. You can see him Floral. clicking his fingers. <laughs> so, poinsianas. Yes. You alluded to them earlier, these dome-shaped trees with beautiful red flowers. Yeah, bright, bright red flowers because people are just sending me pictures saying, what is this tree and can we grow it in Perth? Yes, you certainly can. Yeah. They are seriously magnificent. Um, They've got the bouncy, the, the they're almost bouncy. The little yeah, are they? What they, you wouldn't say petals? What are the little stalky things? Yeah, well, they're stamens. Stamens. Yeah, thank you. yeah. Yes. And the flower's quite large, so it's this brilliant, brilliant red. Uh, but I do have to warn people: they are a large tree. Like there are, the canopy will be twenty meters wide. Ooh, so ooh. don't don't put a poinciana in if you want a. Five meter, five by four meter tree, because she's going to get bigger than that. Um, but it, and when I was in Bali over Christmas, they were spectacular over there. Now the thing, a little bit like jacarandas, poinsettias are grown from seed mostly, mm-hmm. so you get that huge variation. You know how some jacarandas flower and others don't, and they'll be side by side. Yes, um, a similar thing can happen with your poinciana. Oh. So, um, and the and the root system is pretty very similar to a jacaranda. So do not plant them right next to your house. But if you want a spectacular shade tree and a tree that is awesome for kids to climb or hang a swing off. Poinsianas are just magnificent. Yeah, they're beautiful. Almost tropical looking. Yeah, they are a tropical yep. tree. Yeah. Yep. So I've got one in my backyard. Yeah. Um, it'll probably take out the back room eventually, but I'll, I'll, I'll be dead by then, <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, and figs, which we've been talking about figs this morning. Figs are going yeah. off. 
Yeah. And Ruth, um, our producer, no, she knew which ones to go and pick because yeah. I, I've not encountered live figs much in my life. Yep. It was so funny to see her just lose control and run <laughs> towards this tree. And, 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 you know, she's very tall too, which is very useful for acquiring <laughs> fruit. Um, and they were delicious. Yeah. Covered in scale, but delicious. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter about the scale. <laughs> and don't worry about maggots. Um, now, the really fantastic thing mm. about figs, do you know there's about, there's probably at least 120 different varieties of figs. And there's a couple of nurseries in Perth that had gone out and sourced the old heritage figs. Oh, wow. And they are beautiful. What makes them different? Well, they're very old species that haven't been hybridised. So Mm. the fruit shape, the flavour, the colour of the fruit, the size of the tree, all different shades, all different shades. So be adventurous and go and, yeah, go and look for some of the old heritage figs that are out there. Uh, Doro in East Frio said, flowers happening right now in my tropical corner. (gasps) What's that? Wow, that's a bromeliad. Um, and bromeliad, again, are tropical plants, and that's your old uh, peace lily there. Yes. Yep. But bromeliads are lovely, and people collect them. They um, get all different sorts of bromeliads. Very good. So, Thank you for your texts. Uh, let's go to some more calls. Catherine is in Bustleton. Good morning, Catherine. Oh, hello. I think, think you're wanting Catherine's mother, Rosemary. Is it about the figs? Oh, um, yes, it looks like it is. Yes. Um, my fig tree had some magnificent fruit on it this year, but when you opened the fruit after it was supposedly ripe, they were completely dry mm. inside. Quite a common pro- problem. problem. Yes. So some figs have what's called a breba crop, which is just a, a crop of dried useless figs and then after the breeder crop they get a proper crop (laughs) so it may be one of those types of figs or it could be a seed grown fig that you'll never ever get proper figs off anyway all right, there you go. Um, uh, some texts that I'm slow to get to. Please forgive me. I have to press refresh. Um, Curtin University has a dragon fruit. Apparently. Ah, yeah, there if, you go. If you want to do the old sneaky sneaky. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I shouldn't say that. If you would like to go to reception and ask for permission. Yes. Um, also, Heidi in Mosman Park, thank you for your wonderful text. And we have a Poinciana in Palmyra. <gasps> Look. Over a wonderfully used caravan. It looks like it's had some good journeys. Um, But isn't that a magnificent canopy? It's just a massive canopy of red, Mm. red flowers. Very nice. I'm jealous. Have we got another Bustleton call? We've got all of Bustleton phoning this morning. Oh, that's marvellous. Hi, Ken. Yeah, good morning, ladies. Morning, Ken. (laughs) How are you going? Not too bad. Look, I've got a bit of a problem with my roses. Uh, Going back early on, they were really lush. Green. Yep. And we fertilise every Sunday. Yeah. The second Sunday with like a fish. Oh yeah, yeah. And a seaweed solution. Yes. Yes. Can we over fertilise? Because what's happening is is the leaves on the bottom of the roses. Yeah. On the stems are going yellow, and you can pull that one off, and then yep. the next one up above will go yellow, and you yep. keep doing that until you get a skeleton. Yeah. Uh, yes, you can. Definitely over fertilise, but the big thing is that I reckon, Ken, is you're changing the pH of the soil with all that liquid fertilising. So, change your regime. So, go and get some. Go and get some compost and some clay. 
mix it together, dig around the base of the roses, put that in, switch across to a, a slow-release granular fertiliser and don't use any of the liquids for quite some time, okay. like, for a, like for a few months. Okay. Thank you. So, yeah, I think you've changed, ended up changing the pH of your soil. All right. Um, very diligent, though. If I needed mm. anyone to do something reliably, I'd phone Every Ken. fortnight? Yeah. Wow. All over it. I keep looking at the garden going, oh, I'm going to liquid fertilise that. Or I do foliar fertilising. Mm. Uh, and I never get around to it, really. <laughs> you need Ken. <laughs> I need Ken. That's what you need. Um, Jacqueline in K4 has said, my geraniums are always leggy, not nice and bushy. I cut them back after flowering, but they only shoot one stem or the branch dies back. What's going on? Uh, that'll be fungal. Um, and obviously not pruning them hard enough because, ah. oh, shivers. That reminds me, I pulled a geranium out of a pot to repot it four days ago. Thank you for that text because when I get home, I better put that in, a, in the ground because it's going to die. Um, I've heard you say shivers on air, but I'm glad I you know. did. <laughs> me too. That was a quick change, I can assure you, Steens. Um, so you can prune your geraniums really, really hard, like take off two-thirds, easy peasy. Okay. Uh, and then I reckon you, I reckon they're watering too much. Yep. I think that's the trouble there. All right, let's do one more call, then we'll get your song pick of the week. Terry is in Hall's Head. Good morning, Terry. Ha, oh. Hello. Are you there, Terry? Terry might have popped us down to go and get a cuppa. Oh, he might have too. Oh, back to the end of the line. Sorry, Terry. Let's see if Gary from east of Querreding is there. Hi, Gary. G'day, how are you going? Oh, you're the lucky winner, hey? <laughs> <laughs> You've moved up the queue. Yeah, okay. How can we help you this morning? Um... Yeah, I've got a couple of maroon bushes. Yeah, the scavola. Uh, yeah, whatever, yeah. or maroon, maroon, whatever you like. Yeah, yeah, them. yeah. Um, when's the best time to plant them out? And I want some planting out tips. Okay, so how big are they at the moment? Uh, they're about 10 to 12 inches high. Okay, I'll, perfect. I'll, yep. Okay. Now, they love the heat. Yep. Which is good. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what they're going to cop. Yep. But I would actually leave it until March, Gary. Yeah. Put them out the end of March. Mm-hmm. Get some native slow release fertilizer. Yep. And a bit of compost. Not a lot. You don't need a lot. Mm-hmm. And where you are, what's your soil type? Oh, well, I plan on putting in a bit of sandy stuff. Yeah, but you still need a little bit of composty stuff in right there. Right. So not not a lot though, only a small amount. And slow release native fertilizer and some wetting agent. Yes, and what about frost? Um, look, I think they're frost hardy to about minus one or two. How? Whereabouts are you, Gary? East of Query? I'm actually out near Cokerbin Rock. Okay. Uh, right. Pan- so. So you so the you get you get big frosts there, don't you? Yeah, we're lucky. Mm. Um, you might need to put a little shelter around them for the first winter. Yep. 
Gary. Just get some shade cloth. Leave the top open, but put it all around the sides. Righto. Mm. Okay. Um, it is 20 minutes to 10 on ABC Radio Perth and WA. You're with Christine Layton and Sabrina Hahn. Give us a call, 1300-222-720. Lots of texts rolling in. A magnificent one from Steph. Happy New Year, she says. Her moonflower yeah. plant, 14 flowers in one night. Wow. And, and you can see she's gone out and taken these yeah, in the dark. Yeah, because they only flower at night. Yeah. Um, um, so uh, the, big and white the and flowering cactus, uh, magnificent. The little micro bats uh, can pollinate them as well as moths come do, out at night. Do we, ha- do we have micro bats? Yeah, heaps. Oh. There's micro bats all through Australia. Oh, I didn't know that. They're in uh, my suburb. We've got three different species of micro bats. Really? Mm. Shows how much I go out at night. Well, and you can't see them because they're actually really small and people think they're like a big, fast-moving moth. <laughs> oh. Because they're literally very small. Right. And you don't notice them unless you've got uh, garden lighting on at night time. So yeah, I've got yeah. a massive, big, lemon-scented gum and I uplight it at night. And then from about 8.30, the circus begins because they come through because all the insects are attracted to the light. Yes. So the little microbats oh, come through the and clean them all up. Yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Oh, I didn't know That's that. great. That's really interesting. Give us a call. Let's go to Craig in Karanup. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, lady. How's your weekend going so far? Yeah, it's great. I'm sitting here with my daughter, Eva. We're about to go for a swim at Bold Park. Beautiful. Oh, fantastic. Good weather for it. Very nice. You've got some cottonwoods that are making you a bit sad. Or well, one of them is a bit sad, I should say. Yeah, we planted them about 12 years ago and they have always been very lush and tall and so forth. Yep. And they're in between a fence line and a swimming pool. Yeah. About a metre and a half. Yeah. Um, away from the pool. Yep. I'll just set the scene. Behind the fence, there's a lemon tree in the neighbour's property. Yeah. And we get everyone sitting by the pool, having a drink, enjoying it, and then they look at me and they say, one of the cottonwoods looks a little bit dwarf. (laughs) Well, so this cottonwood is really letting the mood down. It's really affecting the vibe in your backyard. It's it's affecting the balance of the back fence. That's That's not good. You sound like a strong swimming family. We need to rectify this immediately. Um, So why why would it be doing that? Okay, so Craig, um, they get a fungal disease and then you get dye back on certain branches. So what you need to do is go to the very base of the plant, have a look at it and see if there's any peeling or cracking of the stem right down at ground level. Any of the affected wood you need to cut off and then you need to spray the entire tree or even better still inject it, if you can, with an anti-rot. Okay. So get uh, the same anti-rot that they use for dieback and you could spray all the foliage. How big's the trunk on them? Oh, I would say the diameter is about... 150 millimetres. Okay, so you can't inject. Um, so spray the whole tree, but give it a good prune first. Okay, so it's only about, say, chest height at the moment. Oh, it's, it's a little tacker. Well, it should be 
12 foot high. But, yeah, uh, but it's something. Now, the other thing is if – so spray with anti-rot, okay? Right. Um, make sure there's no mulch up against the trunk. Yes. Um, if it doesn't improve, it's actually in the root system and there's nothing that you're going to be able to do. Okay. So you'd have to take it out and re- replant a new one. Is okay. It- and so it's got nothing to do with the lemon tree? No. No. Okay. In fact, it would be upsetting the lemon tree. Ah, so there you go. Thankfully, you can <laughs> keep the peace with the neighbours. Yeah, the lemon that's tree right. Can no, stay. no, it's got nothing whatsoever to do with the lemon tree. Is Eva I, a very good gardener, Craig? Is uh, yeah, she has a great time out there. Good. Fantastic. She's got some work to do. Thanks very much. Okay, no Thank worries, you. Craig. 1300 Uh A text to say, what was that song again? Fergus James. Fergus James. Old stars. Mm, old stars yeah, for a young fella. <laughs> Let's go to Gary in Collie. How are you going, Gary? Good morning, ladies. How are you? Very oh, well. Delightful. Um, how's, how's Collie going? Have you got a hot week coming or a little bit cooler than the rest of us? It's going to be th- No, I think it's going to be a reasonably hot week, but uh, this is paradise here, so... that's all you need that's all you need um what what's your question for sabrina sabrina i've got a ponytail palm it's about two to two point meters high in a pot yeah really healthy yeah it's getting a white fungus on the top of the leaves right on the top of the frond sorry yep is it kind of like a fluffy fungus yeah okay so that's not a fungus that's actually a, a soft bodied scale so a sap sucker Um, and because the leaves are quite tightly packed at the top of a ponytail palm um, they breed in there really really well so all you need to do is get some uh, well it's you're going to have to wait for a week there's two things you can do you can get some soapy water and a toothbrush and just scrub that ponytail the top of it Okay. Uh, because you can't use any of the oils when we're having more, you know, above 34 degrees because you burn the foliage. So if you do that, so get the toothbrush and the soapy water, you know the stuff that you wash your woolens in? Yep. Yep, that sort of stuff. Um, and then you do the same thing again a fortnight later, that'll be the end of them. Okay. Thank you so All right. much, Blake. Beautiful. Too easy. Thank you, Gary. 1300 222 Let's speak to a young gardener, shall we? I've got Lily on the line. How are you? Good morning, Good. Lily. She's here. Oh, <laughs> she's gone all shy. <laughs> oh, have we got Mr. Lily? How are you going, Dad? I'm staff. Yeah. I'm staff. <laughs> and what would Lily like to know? Um, we've got some very old fig trees and mulberry trees who we're wondering if we can cut them, if we can grow them from cutting. <gasps> yes, you can, Lily. That's a great question. So you can grow your fig tree and your mulberry tree from cuttings. So at this time of the year, you're better off waiting until the fig and the mulberry drop their leaves. So in June... Or July, you take the cuttings need to be about thirty centimeters long, so as as long as a ruler, 
and then um, you put a third of the cutting in the soil in a pot with potting mix. And they're called hardwood cuttings because they're so you come down the branch a bit, not the new, not the new growth that you see at the moment. So you come down the stem about ten centimeters down, and then you take a ruler length of cutting, and then you bury a third of the cutting in a pot with potting mix, and you'll do it in June or July. Reckon you can do that, Lily? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good girl. Who do you want to give your cuttings to? Pa. Oh, to Pa. Yeah. Oh, that's very thoughtful. <laughs> that's wonderful, Lily. Yeah. Well, good luck in June and July. And notice we're coming on the radio. You did a very good job. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Lily. We love it when kids ring in. Yeah, absolutely. It's scary coming on radio, but she yeah, did so well. she did. Yeah, we're not scary. You should see what we're wearing. Although you look fantastic today, I must oh, say. Oh, yeah, I've got, got me frock on. Yeah, nice, yeah. beautiful number from Broom. Very very loud, beautiful flowers. Yeah, Cotton. of course, of yeah, course. Yeah. I never wore frocks until I was about, I think I wore frocks when I was little because yeah. there's photos of me as a kid. Oh. And then I never wore frocks from about the age of six I reckon to 50. Is that is that a practical thing because yeah, you, can't, it's a practical you just can't thing. move around in them and, and you, you can't, can't garden play. in a frock. No and you can't play and you can't no. jump over things. No and, you can't do yeah. cartwheels and stuff like that. Yeah. It's too revealing yeah. really. Completely agree with you mm. um, and that's why I wear overalls pretty much all the time because <laughs> I'm doing cartwheels guys. That's what I was doing a minute ago. Uh, let's go to Shannon who's in Leeming. Good morning Shannon. Hello. Hi, Hi Shannon. How are you? Good. Good morning, ladies. Hope you're going well on this lovely Saturday morning. I oh, know. It's glorious. Mm. This, this is actually Clint, my wife, Shannon, place the call. Oh, right. Okay, that's all right, Clint. We, we've we've had a lot of sharing of the phones yeah, this I know. morning. I like yeah. that. <laughs> Teamwork. It's wonderful. Yeah. Just passing it around. Look, I've got a, um, <laughs> a half avocado for Christmas. Yeah. Oh. Um, it's a grafted half, and I think it's about three or four years old. Yes. And I'm wondering when the best time to plant it and then what I should do to the soil to prepare it. Okay. Good question, Clint. Mm. All righty. You're going to go and get yourself uh, two bags of compost. Yep. A bag of clay. Yep. Only a little one. Um, Some slow-release fertiliser. Yep. And a bag of granular wetting agent. Okay. And you're going to bake a cake in a wheelbarrow. So, <laughs> so in that wheelbarrow, you're going to tip, you're going to empty out the two bags of compost. Yep. You're going to put in three cups of clay. Right, three cups. Three cups of clay. Yep. You're going to put in one cup of granular wetting agent. Yep. Two cups of fertiliser. Wow, that's a good recipe. Yep, and then you're going to mix all that up in the wheelbarrow. Then you're going to dig a dirty great big hole. Yep, yep. Um, so if you can dig down, you'll need to dig down about 40 centimetres if you can. Yeah, the beds, I prepared, actually prepared the bed a few years ago, but it's it's just virtually yeah. sand. Few yeah. few years ago, meh, you're back yep. to sand. So yeah, yeah. Um, now put that mix in the hole, in the bottom of the hole, and then the infill for that, you can use the sand that you've dug for the hole. You can mix some of that sand in with that mix in your wheelbarrow. And yep. that's going to be your infill and over the top. 
Okay. Now, don't forget avocados transpire more than what they can pull up, so you must use a mulch on top. All right. And the best kind of mulch is not a wood-based mulch. You need pea straw, lupin, lucent, something that's soft um, soft and and fluffy. Because I've got a big, well, a a reasonable-sized bale of pea straw at the moment. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. And the sunny location for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it doesn't matter if it only gets sun up until, say, 2 p.m., um... But the, because they're, um, you've got the dwarf, so it won't get that big. And the dwarf are not as hardy. So if you can get it where it's protected from the hot afternoon sun, it would like it more. Perfect. That, that's, that sounds like the spot that I've got in mind. Ah, for there you go. Oh, good luck. The planets are all lining up for you, they Clint. Are. They are. That sounds like a good plan. Um, <laughs> okay, I'll put that to memory and okay. I'll go. Thank you very okay. much. Okay, no worries. Thanks, Thanks Clint. Clint. Um, and if you do want that cake mix again, just go to the ABC Radio Perth website and you can find Roots and Shoots about 10 or 15 minutes after the show when Ruth and I have put it into the system. Yeah, so you yes. can re- relive those magical moments. <laughs> That's right, you can. Um, <laughs> of Steen's doing cake. Cartwheels and overalls. <laughs> That's the dream. Um, Sabrina, it's Bron from Franklin River. This is on the text line. My Budlia. Yes, uh, looking very sad all of a sudden. Our soil is very clayey, but we dug it Ooh. in with sheep and pig poo. It, mm. it was looking very lush and flowering. Any suggestions? Oh, my Lord. It's a mercy. The so soil. the Budlia, Budlia is looking sort of, yeah, you're right, as brown as the soil. Mm. Budlias do not like... Heavy, heavy soil. So you know what I'd do, Steens? Mm. I'd dig it up. Yeah. I'd prune it back by a third, dig it up, go and get yourself a few bags of potting mix um, and put the potting mix all in the bottom of the hole and mound it up. You don't want it sinking down. You need to, in heavy clay soil, you need to raise your plants up. Oh. So you'd put a whole bag of potting mix up on top to keep it above that that water line that happens in clay right. soil. Okay. Four minutes to ten. We can only take a few more calls. 1300-222-720. Let's go to Kate, who's in Brigadoon. Hello, Kate. Hello. I'm wondering about worm poo liquid from the bottom of the worm farm for my roses. Worm poo? Worm wee? Yeah, the wee, yeah. Yeah, so perfect. What ratio, what ratio do I need to wash it down in my washing can? One to ten. One to ten. Kate, yeah. So one, one worm wee, ten water. Very good. Thank you very much. Excellent. Oh, so efficient. Kate, Kate's already put that on her yep. plants already. She's on. <laughs> she's, she's on to it. So quick. Um, let's go to Eenie, who's in Cleckline. Hi, uh, Eenie. Hi, ladies. How are you today? We're so good. good. Um, um, Sabrina, I'd like to know, I've got... Um, they're called Arminian cucumbers. Yep. And I've also got a striped cucumber. It's dark green with a light green. Oh, yeah, I've seen those. They're delicious. Yeah, I've got yep. the last batch in Bunnings. But I've got hundreds of flowers and I've only had three or four cucumbers. Okay, so you may be getting all one sex flower. So you have to see, go and, it's a bit hard to see with, bloody cucumbers because the flowers are tiny so you're going to have to find out where the male and where the female flowers are take a little paintbrush out with you um and just flick from flower to flower i'm so sorry 
Even though I've had a couple of them already, and I've got yeah. batches. Like I've got, yeah, you still, oh, okay. yeah. still have to do that. Yeah, sorry, Annie. Okay, so inside the flower and Yeah, just one. shove a little tiny paintbrush in and just basically poke and just oh. poke all the flowers. There for a week, love. Oh, I know, <laughs> but once, once <laughs> <Clean> that calendar, <laughs> once that, once that, you're on a roll, Annie. They'll kind of do it themselves. Okay. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Have a wonderful weekend. Yeah. You too, thanks, Annie. Good luck. Um, Trisha has no charge left in her phone, oh. but wants to know how to transplant curry leaf tree seedlings. Oh, okay. It's a good time of the year to do it now because they love the heat. Mm-hmm. Get down as deep as you can go, and the trick with them is you've got to transplant plant them immediately. You don't leave them hanging around like I have with a geranium. Um, into e- Either into a pot with potting mix or free draining soil. You meant to do it straight away. You just remembered live on air. That's I know. All. It's been there what for three it days. What kind of plant? It's a beautiful hot pink geranium. It'd be hot pink later <laughs> today. Um, Suzanne in Wongan Hills, you've got 30 seconds for Sabrina. What's your question? Uh, thank you. I have a four... Uh, self-sown apple trees in pots. They are about 10 years old. I keep them to about four feet high. And every year now, the ends of the leaves are going brown. Uh, okay. Uh, so I'd say that's a lack of potassium. So you need to go and get liquid potassium, spray all the foliage, and you can do that once every three weeks for like four times, and that should solve that problem. All right. Tina in East Fremantle, my wisteria lost all of its leaves six weeks ago, then flowers appeared all over the vine, and now new, beautiful new leaves are growing. Why is this so? That's weird. It flowered already months ago. Yeah. I don't know why it's flowering again now. Seasonal changes. Um, Shock to having hot, then cold, then hot. And cold. Yeah. Hot. (laughs) And cold. Um, Amanda, can you tell me what's wrong with my lime tree? One last one before news. Ah, well, it's definitely got a manganese deficiency, so a bit of Epsom salts on there. It's had um, citrus leaf minor. Wouldn't worry about that. Pull that up. Epsom salts. Very good. Sabrina, good to have you back. Hey, no, Steens. It's so (laughs) exciting to be back in 2020. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you next Saturday. It's 10 o'clock. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. You can discover more ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listener.